the way that the Kohanim had to make sure that they walked up to the Mizbeach without shaming the stones teaches us how careful we need to be not to cause distress or shame to a fellow Jew who after all is Hashem's partner in this world. At the end of the parasha, the Apostle commenting on the Apostle that says, that you may not climb up on steps in order to get in the Mizbeach, in order that you do not expose yourself there. The Mechilta says one explanation, we're going to see that Rashi says a very similar but somewhat different explanation. We can extrapolate from this by an order of of a, a, an exponential order. Think about stones. They have no consciousness of good or evil. And yet, Omar HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells us, Do not conduct yourself in a way that could be disparaging or disrespectful to them. So how much more? Your companion, your fellow Jew, who is in the image of the one who created the world, Obviously, it follows logically that you should not conduct yourself in a way that shows any disrespect to your fellow Jew. Now, Rashi brings pretty much what seems to be the same logical explanation. But he suffers, but he says it a little differently to the Mechilta, and he adds information the Mechilta did not use. So this is how Rashi says it. He also says that the stones have no conscious knowledge. But what? They do not have the consciousness to be concerned about their own um, dignity. Nevertheless, the Torah said, Seeing as these stones have a purpose, do not treat them in a disrespectful way. So how much more? Your companion who is created in the image of your creator, and is careful or cares about his own dignity, how much more so should you not in, uh, treat him in a in an inappropriate way. Now, in it, Rashi, the fact that Rashi used these words, that stones do not have a conscious awareness to be concerned for their own dignity, which is different to how the Mechilta said it. The Mechilta said, that they don't have consciousness of good or bad. We can understand why Rashi said this. Because what Rashi, as the Mechilta, wants to do is by highlighting the lack of capacity to be able to insult a stone, that will obviously ramp up how important it is that we have to be to ensure that we don't insult our fellow Jew. So the way that Rashi words this Kavachemer makes it much clearer and stronger. And that's why Rashi added words the Mechilta did not say, that the, your fellow human being is concerned about his dignity. The lesser be Mechilta using words the Mechilta did not quote. Plus the fact that Rashi said, your friend is created in the image of your creator. Different to how the Mechilta said, which was, that every human is created in the image of he who made the world come into being. Because 
nevertheless, it, 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 it's, it's absolutely clear that the reason you say the word Yitzrecha, the one who created you, is we're talking about the person who's climbing up to the Mizbeach, and it's much more direct when we say Hashem created you, and you are in the image of Hashem who created you, and so is your friend in the image of Hashem who created you, that obviously highlights for us how important it is to show respect to that person and certainly not to insult them. But what we do have to understand, what we do have to ask about Rashi is why did he add the following words? That the Torah says because these stones have a purpose, that's why you shouldn't be undignified when you deal with them. Knowing that these stones have a purpose, how does that add? How does it add to what Rashi is trying to explain to us? That there's a kalvachomer. If you don't mistreat the stones, you certainly don't mistreat your fellow Jew. What's the connection over here? So, in order to understand that, so what we're going to have to look at is the two different approaches to how to understand this pasuk shalav nema kalvachomer anal. This kalvachomer is obviously applied to this pasuk about walking up to the mizbeach. Hamavur bemechilta. Let's look at the different approach taken by the mechilta le oifan asvaras advarim bepirashashi compared to Rashi's approach. Understanding where they're coming from will help us understand the words that they choose and, of course, the message that they're sharing with us. So, in context, let's see what else the mechilta said about approaching the Mizbeach. So this is what the Mechilta first said. The Torah says you shouldn't expose yourself to those stones. Meaning, says the Mechilta, are love. It's specifically these stones leading to the Mizbeach. You cannot walk with a broad stride. But if you walk in other areas of the Beis HaMikdash, including the very holy environment of the Heichal, and even the very, very holy environment of the Kodesh HaKadoshim, there you are allowed to take wide strides. Shehoyah Bidim, because you would have thought, you would have thought, if the Mizbech, which is a lesser degree of holiness, the Torah prohibits us from taking wide steps, that's why we may not have a stairway up to the Mizbech. Talmud Lohimar. So, so you would think, you would think, now when dealing with the Heichal and the Kodesh HaKadosh, which are much more uh, increased or in, in, uh, intense levels of holiness, you would extrapolate that you are definitely supposed to walk in a very humble way and not take big steps as you're going through the Heichal of the Kodesh HaKadosh. Talmud Loima, therefore says the Mechil to the Torah, was specific and said, love that it's only on these stones on the Mizbech that you may not expose yourself. Boy, it's specifically on the stones of the Mizbech or the ramp after the Mizbech that you're not allowed to take these wide steps. But when you're dealing with the Heichel, the Kodesh Kodeshim, holy as they might be, there's no restriction against taking wide steps. And then the Mechilta gets into the Kalvachomer that we're learning about how you apply this to the treatment of other people. But the context is specifically that the Mechilta is of the view there's a specific restriction against taking big steps on the Mizbech that doesn't apply in other places of the Beis Amikdash. Rashi does not say that. Rashi, in his contextualizing of this Pasuk, when he starts to explain what the Pasuk is talking about, he explains as follows. If there were steps going up to the Mizbech, it would force the Kohen to take wider strides. And even though that would not actually really expose any flesh, because they had to wear trousers underneath 
the cloaks that they wore, the tunics that they wore. Says Rashi, but taking broad steps is already something which is aligned with less modest behavior. And that would be considered a conduct that is uh, disgraceful or uh, disrespectful to those stones. So now that we know the context, look at how the Mechilta produces this Kavuchay. Where does it put it? Take a Frachar Hamiut straight after it's told us, following immediately from where the Torah says that it's only on the Mizbeach that you have to avoid these broad strides, but the rest of the base Hamikdash is fine. The reason that the Mechilta does it in this order is because it's addressing a question that we might have. What question would we have? Lechayra would think, the prohibition against exposing oneself in the precinct of the Beis HaMikdash, not to behave in a way that is disrespectful, says the Mechilta, surely it's not because of anything about the stones of the Mizbeach. There's nothing about the stones that they have to be treated respectfully. It's the fact that these stones are installed in the Mizbeach, and therefore part of the Beis HaMikdash, surely that's the reason why we have to respect them. So then basically what we're saying is, we're not showing respect to the stones, we're showing respect to the Beis HaMikdash, which in turn is respect to Hashem. Like the Rambam says, in the mitzvah of Yiras HaMikdash, that we don't have awe of the place, but rather awe of Hashem, who is manifest in the place. So we're not showing respect to the stones, we're showing respect to the Mizbech, and more correctly, we're showing respect to Hashem. And that is obviously a presence of Hashem throughout the entire Beis HaMikdash. Like the Rambam tells us about the general attitude that we're supposed to have to be in all of the Beis HaMikdash, says the Rambam, you're not afraid of the Beis HaMikdash, but you're in awe of He who has manifested His presence in this place, which is obviously Hashem. Or to borrow the expression of the Sefer HaChinuch, the mitzvah of being in awe of the Beis HaMikdash, is to create in a solid way inside our own minds a sense of awe of Hashem, and Hashem's importance. And therefore, the Torah was clear that we should not behave in a disrespectful way anywhere in the Beis Hamikdash. Now, if the reason why we have to show respect to the stones is because of Hashem, not because of the stones, if that's the case, how can we understand from that that you have to treat another human with respect? The stone is not what's special over here. It's Hashem's presence that's special over here. How does that teach you that you've got to treat the next person with, with greatness? Considering that these stones have the holiness of the base Hamikdash, which your fellow Jew may not have. So, Ulam, that's what you would have thought. So the, the, the Mechilta comes on to tell you, actually, that's not the reason we have to show respect to these stones. It's not because they're part of the base of Mechilta, and I'll prove it. Because the Mechilta learns from the Pasuk, that it's only on these specific stones, the stones of the Mizbech, that you may not walk with broad, long strides. But you are permitted 
to take broad strides in other parts of the base of including the Kodesh HaKadoshim. So if we were following the logic we've just suggested, that the reason to not disrespect the stones is because you have to respect the holiness of the stones, well, the logic should have extended to every part of the base Amigdash. The other Rabbi Biesa says, in fact, it should have been more applicable in holier parts of the base Amigdash. If the Kodesh Akadoshim is way holier than the Mizbeach, then the requirement to show respect in the Kodesh Akadoshim should be far greater than the Mizbeach. Says the Mechilta, that's not the case. Therefore, Nimza, move on. You can understand from this. That the fact that Torah tells us not to walk in a particular way on the Mizbeach. It's not actually because it's part of the base Amikdash and the base Amikdash is holy and it's a manifestation of godliness and you have to respect that. But the Mechilta is telling us there's something about these stones that inherently they need to be treated with a sense of respect and you cannot disgrace them. If we're acknowledging that it's the stones that have value outside of their role that they play in the base Amigdash, then we can extrapolate out to how we're supposed to treat people. Then the Mechilta can make its point. Look at these stones. They have no consciousness of good or bad. And yet Hashem is telling us these stones do not uh, treat them in a way of disrespect. How much more so your friend How much more so your friend should not be treated in a disgraceful way? And that would explain why Rashi added words that the Mechilta didn't say. What did Rashi say? And Rashi said specifically, because these stones have utility, that's why you may not treat them in a way of disgrace. In other words, Rashi did not make that distinction that it's specifically the stones of the, of the Mizbech that you have to treat with this respect as opposed to other parts of the base, including the Kedosh HaKadoshim. In other words, Rashi hasn't given us the background that tells us that the reason you have to walk in a certain way on the stones of the Mizbech is because there's something about these stones outside of their role in the base Amikdash that deserves dignity. So Rashi's got to address this when he tells us the Kavachomer. What does he tell us? He tells us these stones have value, they have a purpose. Pirish, in other words, what's he telling us? Seeing as the stones of the Smizbech have a specific unique role, they have a purpose to serve. And because they have a purpose, therefore you may not walk up onto the Mizbech in a way that would expose yourself and be disrespectful to them. What's Rashi telling us? There is no prohibition against disrespecting these stones because there are stones. Not because they belong to the precinct of the base Amigdash. Hello, Rashi is telling us something. We're going to have to unpack what it means. These stones serve a purpose. Once we understand what the purpose is that they serve, then we'll understand why they have to be treated with a unique kind of respect. 
And that's why there's nowhere else in the base of Megdash where there's any restriction against putting a staircase, even though it might expose the Kohanim. In fact, to the contrary, there were actually steps leading up into one of the holiest parts of the entire base of Megdash, the Ulam, and then into the Heichal, which is the internal sanctum. Because, as we shall explain, those steps leading into the Ulam and the Heichal do not have a unique purpose, whereas this stairway, which obviously has to be mandated to be a ramp, has a specific purpose. What is the purpose? Let's explain. What are we trying to learn? Is that if you're not allowed to disgrace the stones of the Mizbeach, you are certainly not allowed to disgrace a fellow Jew. It's a strange thought. Do I really need a Kalvachomer from the Mizbeach to know that I should not insult or degrade a fellow Jew? Surely it's self understood, or surely we know it from other places in the Torah. Why do we need this comparison? The reason for that is because if we read what Rashi is telling us, we're not here talking about regular disrespect. In the way the Kohanim would walk up to the Mizbech, there was no possibility for real despising or disrespecting of the stones. As both the Mechilta and Rashi point out, it's conduct which is maybe less than respectful, as opposed to outright disrespect. Now, there's two reasons for that. Firstly, from the stone's perspective, usually the nature of embarrassment is there's somebody who could be embarrassed. And here we're dealing with stones. They don't have the capacity to feel humiliated. The nature of humiliation requires the person to feel humiliated. If we do something to disparage somebody else and they couldn't care less, they can't afterwards turn around and say, I was humiliated. To the extent that there is a view in the Gemara that says, we know that if a person causes injury to another person, there are multiple penalties that they have to pay. One of them is called boishes, to pay for the humiliation. There's a view in the Gemara that says if that individual did not feel personal humiliation, even if normally somebody would have been humiliated, the aggressor is, the assailant is, um, exempt from paying that particular penalty. So the examples that are used over there, if somebody was injured while they were already, God forbid, dead, or if they were sleeping, so they didn't actually experience the personal humiliation, the assailant would be exempt. So from the perspective of stones, you cannot call this degrading or humiliating, because it's not because they don't have the sensitivity to humiliation. Plus... And the action we're describing over here, we're not talking about absolute disregard or flippant activity in a holy place. Anybody who's familiar with the laws of how you conduct yourself in the base of Mikdash will know that you may not do anything which constitutes flippancy or disrespect in any part of the base of Mikdash. It wouldn't be a surprise over here at the Mizbeach. Both the Mechilta and Rashi tell us we're describing over here what is conduct that is less than respectful. It's kind of on the edge of humiliation. 
and a behavior that could have been seen or understood by others as disrespectful. Rashi says it clearly. If you had to walk up steps to the Mizbech, there would not be real exposure. And there would be something that looks like similar to immodest behavior. That's Rashi and the Mechilta's point. That's going to teach us something about how we treat our fellow Jew. The fact you may not humiliate your fellow Jew, we know already from before. This is teaching us you can't even do something which might be construed to be disrespectful, even if it wasn't outright. Even if the person on the other end, on the receiving end, doesn't feel particularly humiliated, I'm still not allowed to behave in that way. And therefore, obviously, a person can never justify the behavior to say, well, the person didn't mind. Now, now that we establish that this is what we're talking about, there's a slight difference of approach between the Mechilta and Rashi. The Mechilta and Rashi are both describing this kind of subtle version of this uh, disrespect to somebody else, the Mechilta and Rashi have a different view of exactly what it is all about. The Mechilta says what is prohibited over here is the conduct of the person. The Mechilta says the lesson of the Torah over here is that not only is a person not allowed to do something which outright humiliate, could humiliate somebody else, but they're not even allowed to do something which might be on the thin edge of the wedge of possibly being construed as humiliation. Whereas Rashi, who's looking from the perspective of the simplest understanding of the Pasuk, cannot use that explanation. Because if we're talking about human conduct, why would we distinguish between the Mizbech and anywhere else in the base Amikdash? If a person is not supposed to behave in a particular way, surely that behavior is not acceptable anywhere. Rashi notes that the Torah is only creating this prohibition in the context specifically of the Mizbeach. That implies that the behavior, the conduct itself, is not something the Torah has to outlaw because it's not true humiliation. But it's the context where we're dealing with. There's something unique about this place. This is the Mizbech where the stones have a unique designation. They serve a special purpose. Because of their special purpose, it's not the stones that are going to be humiliated because the stones have a purpose. Those who use the stones for that purpose, they're the ones who might have some degree of humiliation. Therefore, I have to conduct myself differently in this place. Not because the conduct is a bad way to behave, it's because the place does it, it requires a higher level of behavior. And that's why it's forbidden to behave this way in this place. So who benefits from the purpose of these avonim? The explanation is this. Rashi says that these stones have a purpose. What he's telling us is it would be impossible for the Kohanim to do their tasks on the Mizbech unless they could walk up these stones in order to reach the Mizbech. The Mizbech is way too high for a human to reach. And so you have to have a means to get to the top of the Mizbech. So the purpose of these stones is to create a means of the Kohanim reaching the Mizbech. So our time shall be busy. And 
That's why you cannot treat these stones with even the slightest disrespect. Because if a person would behave in a way that is disparaging or even slightly disrespectful to these stones, by extension and naturally, that would be an insult to the Kohanim who require and rely on these stones in order to get to do their service. So if I don't treat these stones with respect, I'm effectively showing that I don't have absolute respect for the Kohanim. It's kind of similar to something. Something that is shown him right about the penalty that a person is required to pay for the humiliation caused to somebody who was injured. Interesting aloha. What happens if a person spat onto somebody's clothes? So the aloha is that they do not have to pay for humiliation. When is that? If the clothes are not on the person at the time. Otherwise it would be ridiculous. The person would say, I didn't spit at him. Spat at his clothes. Well, he's in the clothes. So you obviously spat at him. So if the person is wearing the clothes at the time that somebody spat, then the person spitting would be responsible to pay a penalty for humiliating him. Because you're not spitting at the clothes, you're spitting at the person. Likewise here, if we disrespect the stones, we're not disrespecting the stones, we're disrespecting the entire group of Koyhanim because they're the ones who need these stones and we're showing that what they need is not that important. Now, the steps leading into the Heichel don't have this problem because they don't have the same utility that the stones up to the Mizbeach have. Why not? Two reasons. Number one, there were other routes that a person could take to reach the Heichel without going up these steps. So they weren't absolutely integral to access to the Heichel, whereas the stones to get to the Mizbeach were absolutely integral. There's no other way to reach the top of the Mizbeach. Base. The truth is, these steps leading to the Heichel didn't lead directly into the Heichel, which is where the Avoida happened. They led to the antechamber in front of the Heichel. So therefore, the Kohanim walking up these steps in order to get to the Ulam, in order to get to the Heichel, is not yet part of servicing their Avoida inside the Heichel. It's just like a machshir. It's getting them prepared to get to the point that they could start to do what they have to do. Now that would be different in the case of Mizbech. The ramp leading up to the Mizbech is considered part of the Mizbech. Look at the language used in this pasuk. It doesn't say do not walk up the ramp. Do not use steps on my Mizbech, implying the steps would be considered part of the Mizbech. And therefore, by extension, the ramp is now considered part of the Mizbeach. Because that would be exposure. Therefore, whoever is en route up to the Mizbeach, whether they were taking steps, which wasn't allowed, or a ramp, which is what the Torah mandates, they would already be considered to be on the Mizbeach. Therefore, if you disrespect those stones, you're disrespecting the Avoida done by the Kohanim on those stones to the Mizbeach. That's the lesson for us about how we treat or shouldn't mistreat a fellow Jew. If the behavior is only something which is on the edge of humiliation. You're not really embarrassing, humiliating, or despising the person. The Torah wants to sensitize us to the fact that this human is made in the model of your Creator. Then, in the same way as insulting the stones would insult the Kohanim, insulting your fellow Jew is an insult to Hashem. 
In exactly the same way as an insult to the stones is an insult to the Kohanim, an insult to your friend is an insult and that will also explain the particular language that Rashi used when he described this Kalvachimer because he said, unlike the Mechilta that said they have no knowledge of good or evil, Rashi says they have no knowledge to be aware of the fact that they've been humiliated and they should be concerned about it. Yet the Torah says, because they have a utility and purpose, you should not uh, insult them. And then Rashi says, your friend who is created in the image of your creator, not like the Mechilta that said, in the image of he who made the whole world, and Rashi adds, the person is sensitive to their own dignity, how much more so should you treat them with proper dignity and not insult them. This is quite different to the Mechilta that didn't at all discuss whether or not a person is sensitive to their own dignity. Because that's exactly what Rashi wants to explain to us. If there are these stones who have no sensitivity to their own dignity, and therefore they do not factor in the realm of humiliation. You can't be humiliated if you're a stone. If a person cannot be concerned about their own humility, uh, their own humiliation, they cannot be humiliated. And yet Rashi's point is, it doesn't matter that they are insensitive to their own dignity. The fact that they have a purpose to fulfill is the reason that we are to treat them with absolute respect and certainly not to be From that Rashi says, how much more so must we not show any insulting behavior to our friends? Why? The first thing about your friend is you have to know your friend is created in the, in the image of your creator. That means the link between your friend and your creator is actually clear and obvious. Whereas when you look at the stones of the Mizbech, if there are no Kohanim on duty at that particular point in time, you cannot naturally draw a line from the Mizbech to the Kohanim. Whereas when you look at your friend, you can see that David created him in his image. So therefore, how much more so you have to show him respect? Secondly, and he is sensitive. Therefore, even just simply from his perspective, it is possible for this person to feel humiliated. And that obviously would not apply to the stones. And yet we have to be careful about the stones. How much more so do we have to be careful about the fellow Jews? As we well know, Rashi's commentary on the Torah has the wine, the beauty of Torah. The fact that Rashi is giving us this interpretation, the fact that it's at the end of the parasha, which is the, the summary of the entire parasha, it kind of it, it represents what the parasha is all about. This is the parasha of the giving of the Torah. So this particular story must summarize for us what the giving of the Torah is all about. So if you look at the giving of the Torah, we see the Aseris Adibras do not only include the fundamentals of Jewish faith, the most lofty ideals, I am Hashem, don't have other gods, the highest levels of acknowledging Hashem's oneness. It also contains, towards the end of the Aseris Adibras, very basic principles. In fact, some of them are the most basic principles of human conduct. 
not to murder, not to commit adultery, not to be envious of other people. These are simple things. How do you put it into the same package as Onoichi Hashem so Rashi, that's Torah Shabbat Shabbat, of course, that's Torah Shabbat So Rashi in Torah Shabbat Peh does the very same thing. This is Parshas Yisroi. This is this dramatic parish that introduces the deepest, most lofty principles of Judaism. And how does it conclude? With basic dignity of a human being. So much concern for dignity that you don't even want to do something that might be considered quasi-humiliation. Everybody's clear of the fact that they are called Ten Commandments. It's all a singular package that was on the same luchos, even if you're dealing with such lonely things like telling somebody not to murder. It's very clear and expressed in many places. The reason why we have such basic principles included in our Seres Adibris is in order to tell us that so it would be clear to us that belief in Hashem, declaration about faith in Hashem, and not murdering is the same principle. To teach us that even conduct between us and another person, okay, so somebody's envious of somebody else. What's the big deal? No, that is a fracture in their conduct with two Hashem. We have to be as careful to avoid those bad conducts between us and other people as we are to avoid idolatry because both are equally what Hashem wants. In exactly the same fashion, Rashi tells us the same thing over here in our context. Rashi says, not only is it important that you don't treat another person in a way that's disrespectful, but know that the reason not to be disrespectful is because that person is created in the image of your creator. There's not simply a generalized link. I don't do this kind of behavior because Hashem told me to. In other words, be careful not to treat a person badly because that's what Hashem instructed. But it's deeper than that. The fellow Jew and Hashem share an image. If we could say such a thing about Hashem. Therefore, if a person is not as respectful as they should be to their fellow Jew, that is akin to a lack of respect to Hashem. Now, if that's on the negative, how much more so will things happen on the positive side? If we show love to our fellow Jew, particularly love that doesn't have very specific constraints and restrictions, which of course would lead us to honor and respect our friends in the, in the extreme. If we love our fellow Jew, we're loving Hashem. So, if to avoid distress or, 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 or disrespect to a fellow Jew is avoiding disrespect to Hashem how much more so loving a fellow Jew and especially if we do so properly is loving Hashem and to reflect our attitude exposing our love for our fellow Jew that in turn reveals Hashem's love to us and that elevates the Jewish people not only in Hashem's eyes but also in the eyes of all nations on earth until we get the ultimate expression of the honor of the Jewish people in the world and the love of Hashem to the Jewish people in a revealed fashion as will happen in the time of Moshiach that should happen immediately